Hey everybody, it's Alice here with another episode of Poetry Says For You. I'm not really sure where this episode is going to go or how it's going to end up or if it will even be publishable, but I'm just going to look at my notes over here and talk to you and see what happens. This is kind of a letter from Melbourne where I live, where I record from, and I'm recording this on Friday the 7th of August, which by my reckoning is maybe four weeks into a state where we're not allowed to see other people outside of our own household and various restrictions are in place and um, as I'll get into I'm not really all that connected to what's going on in the outside world right now for reasons as I said that I will explain but this is this is a letter from me in Melbourne in a particular time, in a particular state. And I don't often do this because I really want my podcast episodes to be able to be listened to at any time. But I'm breaking that rule because it's time to break some rules. So what I want to talk about is checking out, ignoring things, and about energy, mental energy, podcasting, and also about poetry, of course. So a big part of the reason that I make a podcast is because this is the medium that I have found some of the most inspiration from of any medium, even sometimes I would say more than writing. There's something about being able to hear the cadence of a person's voice when they're expressing an idea that I feel like is is so, so important. And I feel like you know, being able to have a long rambling conversation with someone or with yourself is just a really interesting way to think about things. And I can be washing up, which I often am doing when I'm listening to podcasts or walking somewhere. And sometimes I just have to stop what I'm doing and rush to my laptop or the nearest piece of paper and write down notes for something. Maybe it's a line of a poem or an idea that's been sparked off. I think I might be what they used to call an auditory learner. I'm not sure whether we still use that theory of learning, but there's something about hearing the spoken voices of others and listening that really does it for me. I I love listening. I like listening a lot more than talking. And I feel like podcasts are actually one of the easiest and best ways for me at least to learn about the wider poetry world and again comes back to that ability to hear a poet's voice hear them as a human being in all their imperfection all their arms and ahs and stumblings it gives us this incredible human context to this world that feels often really closed and unavailable to us you know when you read a poem that's been published in poetry magazine or in overland here in australia or you know just just anywhere in print it's like that's the final word from that person there's no exchange and that can feel very limiting and you can feel very shut out but being able to talk to someone hear their voice it means there's an allowance for an exchange complexity and I have learned so much from, you know, many, many rounds of washing up and listening to a podcast. Whenever people ask for a recommendation, I don't recommend my own podcast as much as I recommend the, sadly, it seems to be 
defunct podcast, The Poetry Gods. I listened to that obsessively in 2016 and it completely changed my understanding of the poetry landscape, at least in the US. And I heard some of what I think are the most important ideas and issues facing poetry at the moment. Um, It's where I heard Ocean Vong say, memorize your shit, which prompted me along with uh, a number of other conversations to actually memorize my poems and learn to look an audience in the eye while I was saying them. And it's where I heard another one of my favorite poets, Aziza Barnes, say, all I have to do is breathe and die. (laughs) I just thought that was the most revolutionary thing and it really helped me lift myself out of a whole bunch of pressure I was putting on myself at the time to achieve in poetry. And yeah, it's where I got to hear the voices of a whole bunch of other poets that became some of my favorites after I had heard their voice and got to know their personality. I'm just one of those readers. I just want to know a bit about the person whose work I'm reading. I I find it hard to come at poems cold sometimes, a lot of the time. I hope that's not too much of an anti-intellectual stance, but that is how I feel. All of which to say, you know, singing the praises of podcasting aside, what sparked me to think about all this was listening to another podcast, which is a new one just out from University of Queensland Press, in which there's a conversation between Ellen Van Nieven and Eunice Andrada. And Eunice says in that conversation, which is great for so many reasons, Eunice says the news cycle has been especially relentless during this health crisis. She says it's so overwhelming. I feel like a long time after this is over, we'll all be in the shared state of trying to process the immense trauma of this time. So that really landed with me. It really, really landed with me. I have been feeling by turns okay and immensely exhausted. Immensely exhausted, which is weird because... I'm sure as hell not doing anything. I am mainly moving from the kitchen to my study to my bed and repeat and sometimes going for a walk or a run. And yeah, it that summary just really clarified for me the amount of mental heavy lifting that I and I guess everyone is doing at the moment. And there's... To be brutally honest, there's a part of me that resists this kind of thinking because I don't actually want this period to be significant. I so deeply want this period to be normal or incidental or at least just bad on a normal scale. But 2020 is not bad on a normal scale. And the harder I ignore that, the more exhausted I make myself. So that's that's one side of things is the denying reality side. But that said... I have been thinking a lot about my relationship with the news. I did do a podcast many, many years ago now about poetry and the news, poetry's relationship to the news. And it's it's a theme that I wanted to come back to because at the moment, I can't have a relationship with the news. But I'm also really keenly aware of what a bullshit stance that is. And... Some of the reason that I understand that is because certain lines from certain poems have helped me to understand that. 
So yeah, back in the day, maybe 10 years ago now, I used to start my days by flipping on ABC News 24. And now I think about that and I just go, gee, you wonder why you were so depressed. (laughs) I'm just not the kind of person who can hear a story about someone being hurt or injured, even accidentally, and not kind of take that on um, for the rest of the day, sometimes the rest of the week. I, I don't think I'm like particularly or especially sensitive. Um, it's just a, a feature or a bug of how my mind works is I, I'll tend to hold on to stories like that and try to resolve them in my own mind. And um, mainly what you hear on the news is kind of irresolvable. Like that's sort of the frame within which the news works. If there was resolution, we would probably not come back for the next news update. And yeah, over the past few months, my morning has been a battle because I've gone back to checking the news and not wanting to know and then wanting to know and wanting to shut it out, but also knowing that there are things happening in my city, in my suburb that I need to know about that have to inform my actions and affect my life in really concrete ways and most days I settle into a really uncomfortable middle ground and I end up kind of trying to find the news from the side through a very complicated set of websites and Twitter streams where I feel like it's safe to me to be spoon-fed what's happening at a comfortable pace but yeah again this is this is a bullshit stance it's a stance that I'm able to take because I am speaking from a place of incredible comfort and privilege and safety and a poem that helped me to understand that is one that I read probably yeah up to four years ago now called um, If You Are Over Staying Woke by Morgan Parker it's a great poem I don't want to read the whole thing but the the section that really um, slapped me across the face was don't see the news remember what the world is like for white people Listen to cricket songs, floss, take pills, keep an empty mind. It's a really stunning poem. It's really, really stunning. Interestingly, I I found a poem that kind of echoes with that in the June 2020 poetry magazine. There's a a poem called Self-Portrait as Kendrick Lamar Laughing to the Bank um, by Ashanti Anderson. And the line in this one that stands out for me is, Laughing when people say they don't want to read about the bad stuff. Again, really great poem that I encourage you to read in full. And yeah, again, it's uh, sort of shocking that I need to have that pointed out to me. But once it was pointed out via those poems, I was like, yeah, this is, I'm very, very lucky that I have the kind of life where I can just go, you know what, I can't handle the news today. I just can't do it. Um, it's such a such a luxury. At the same time, I know what the consequences are if I do spend more than the absolute minimum time doom scrolling, as I heard it called. Uh, I can be knocked out for a week sometimes just trying to resolve what I've seen and heard. I, hilariously to me, I always thought I would be a journalist. I thought that's how I was going to make my living as a writer. 
because I think even when I started uni, I kind of knew that poetry was something that needed to happen on the side of what your actual career was. But I quit after two semesters. They asked me to do these assignments to go and talk to people and I felt like I was invading their lives and I was intruding um, or excavating things that people didn't want to and shouldn't have to share just for my uni assignment, which seemed crazy. And yeah, I think even then, even as a beginning journalism student, I was aware that every story has to be spun in the worst possible way. And I know that, but I still can't keep it in mind when I, when I read headlines. So yeah, I don't really know where all that leaves me in terms of poetry, podcasting, writing and reading poems. I know for sure that I'm finding it very hard to write anything of consequence right now. But I've also felt like reading poems has been some of the most comfort I've found, really. Even though it's hard to focus. It is very hard to focus. And because of that, that difficulty in focusing on the written word on the page, I'm even more grateful for people who are putting out conversations that I can listen to kind of in the background while I'm busying myself with something else and, and just, just let it filter into me by osmosis, you know, just, just to have poetry just there, just, just there off to the side. Yeah. So wherever you are, I hope that you are able to find some gentleness in your days and some routine and some lack of routine and kindness. I'm going to leave you with the last little section of William Carlos Williams' poem, Asphodel, That Greeny Flower, because this comes to me when I think about poetry in the news. He says, My heart rouses, thinking to bring you news of something that concerns you and concerns many men. Look at what passes for the new. You will not find it there, but in despised poems. It is difficult to get the news from poems, yet men die miserably every day for lack of what is found there. Hear me out, for I too am concerned, and every man who wants to die at peace in his bed besides...